Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Gideon Mashava, and welcome for one more episode of the World Class Designer Podcast. And uh, today I bring a new guest, as usual, and his name is Alex Marine. Uh, hello, Alex. How are you doing today? Hey, Gideon. I'm doing all right. Thanks. How are you? I'm great. So, Alex, uh, uh, can you talk a bit about yourself, like for all people who don't know you? Yeah, so my name is Alexis Morin. I'm currently a design lead at CBC, uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. So I manage a team of uh, 10 people who uh, create and build and make available websites and applications to a Canadian public. Um, as a national broadcaster, we make available news, um, some elements of entertainment, radio, podcasts, what have you. So that's what I do now. Um, I have a past of working in many, many different industries. So I've worked in uh, aerospace, in education, in uh, the retail space, as well as gaming. So I've, I've spanned the gamut uh, in terms of different areas. I think it's one of the more fun parts of being a designer, actually. Okay. Nice. And how, how was your experience uh, for the gaming space? I mean, I, so I live in Montreal, and Montreal is, is known globally as sort of a hotspot for game studios. And I had the opportunity to work at Ubisoft okay. uh, in Montreal. Okay. At the single largest gaming studio in the world, I believe. Uh, about 4,000 people at that one location. Whoa, that's a lot of people. Yeah, um, so... <laughs> Let's let's be clear that it's not four thousand people working on a single game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the the pace was uh, super interesting to work with. It was very fast. Um, I mean, I, I started working uh, early, early. Uh, what is it? No, late twenty nineteen. Actually, I started working late twenty nineteen. Okay. Uh, at at Ubisoft. And already by October, the product that I was designing was out on, uh, you know, already on PlayStation 5, on Xbox Series X. Whoa. Uh, so it was very exciting to see that product come out to the world. It came out with this amazing trailer. And I was like, oh, wow. My work has never been part of a trailer. Nobody <laughs> cares that much. Okay. It was, it was super cool. Oh, then that's pretty fast. Like yeah. uh, the time yeah, it took. I, I think... Like the gaming industry is subject, uh, you know, very much to the ebbs and flows of how people buy games and gift games to their kids and to their family members, and so deadlines are very important in that in that realm. Okay. Oh, so I, I think see. that that plays a part into how fast you have to go. Oh, I see. That makes a lot of sense. How would you explain design to your younger self with one year of work experience? So I would, I would tell my younger self that design is so much bigger than just you. That anyone and everyone who's, who's working with you that influences how something ends up is actually also doing design. That design is the combination of understanding and empathy and inclusion and constraints and problem solving and multidisciplinary teamwork. And the result of all these people working together 
uh, is solutions to problems, right? Which is what distinguishes design from art, for example. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, who are we solving these problems for? Um, not everyone. We're not solving them for everyone at the same time. Um, but, you know, depending on the project, we can be solving problems for everyday people, business people, workers, children. Uh, sometimes we're trying to propose a solution for uh, situations where we might not be aware that there's a problem at hand. Okay, I see. Like uh, you think that everyone who's part of the project or can influentiate the project is doing design is a very different perspective. Mm, that's that's a really good insight. Because if if you think about it, right, when you're when you are doing design, you're you're trying to influence a final product. Yeah. So anyone you work with that also has a level of influence will affect that final product. So in that sense, if you if you consider that they are also doing design, you get to include them in that process. Definitely. And bring their expertise along with you know with the process and with the work. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a really nice perspective. So and how would you explain your design process for your younger self? So I, I hear the sentence your design process uh, in You know, sometimes in the context of, of job interviews, uh, and I've never really liked that expression of your design process. I really don't think of my process as anything that's unique or magical or, you know, it's not something that only I can bring that gives me an edge in my work. Um, I feel my process doesn't need to be different than anyone else's process. Um, you know, it's the process of assessing situations understanding problems, evaluating possible solutions, weighing pros and cons. Um, and that process does sort of already exist, and it's the process behind engineering. Now, the process for engineering and design, I think, are very similar. Um, the main difference is that engineers often deals with, you know, machines, physics, math, closed systems. Um, not that they're simple, but that... Um, and, you know, in contrast, designers deal with people. And people are much harder to deal with since their behavior is much harder to measure and quantify with the same level of precision that engineers do. Okay. People are squishy, moody, vary according to context and culture. Um, but that also makes them much more interesting, I think. And that's why I choose to work in the design field and not on the, on the engineering field. I see. Uh, but but I, I, I don't think you kind of answered the question. So you rather say you don't have a specific process? You use any I do have a specific process. I do. Yeah. And you know, my, my process is I do I do the double diamonds, I do the discovery phase, I do ideation, um, I do co creation, I bring in stakeholders i understand that uh, you know what's important to them oh i see i, I understand then I, i craft solutions i make proposals i test them out but to me this is what designers do it's not my process there's nothing special about what i just described okay you I can understand. find that you know in a book it's taught at schools um it's a it's a very effective process i don't want to like um I don't want to shame that process or say there's anything wrong with it. I think it works and we, we can arrive to very powerful solutions through that process. 
I see. I just don't want to say that it's mine. That's that's my perspective. Okay, I understand. So, which mistakes would you tell your younger self to make? That's a really tricky question. <laughs> um, because I think I think we like to tell ourselves that we all learn from our mistakes, and I certainly have. Um, the mistakes I've made in the past have taught me a ton, you know. But in contrast, I wouldn't necessarily want to make the same mistakes I've made in the past. Okay. But also, I don't think it's reasonable to predict what a mistake will teach you as you're making it. The lesson you learn from a mistake usually comes weeks, months, or years afterwards. Right? And in that way, mistakes and growth and healing sort of make us who we are, despite our best efforts to not make mistakes and do a good job. So it's a very interesting dynamic here at play. Okay, I see. So I know, I know I'm not answering the question specifically. I can think of lessons that I would have wanted my younger self to learn. And again, the mistakes that I've made and brought me to where I am now are unique. I understand. And I don't think I would have to change that. Okay, I see. But there is any specific or particular like lessons that you would want to put your younger self through? I mean, of, of course, um, but it mostly relates, you know, it mostly boils down to don't take shortcuts. Okay. Right? That's, that's how you build experience. I see. I see. I think I don't consider myself as someone who takes shortcuts. I, 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 uh, as I read recently in a book, um, I like to take the long, hard, stupid way sometimes okay. to just see see the sights and enjoy the challenges along the way and appreciate that they are a learning opportunity okay and not just race to a result for example yeah yeah i think it's it's a it's a, it's a i think not taking shortcuts or taking shortcuts will be the mistake if i'm not sure if I'm, I'm i'm using the right words here because you end up learning that taking the long path is rewarding by the end wouldn't that be correct yeah yeah i would agree taking the long path in the end yeah. i think is is the rewarding path a lot of the time okay and uh, what would you recommend your younger self to focus on so i think this question does kind of relate to the previous question yeah um in that you know where where do i find maybe areas i can grow in and that If I had an opportunity, I would tell my younger self <laughs> to focus on that and grow in that. Um, for me, that area is uh, learning about math and statistics. Okay. So wow. this may sound strange. <laughs> um, in high school, I hated math and I did everything in my power to make sure I never had to do it again in my professional life. Okay. But now, as I work in a very data-informed environment, I do feel it's lacking sometimes in my toolkit when I talk about measuring success in a piece of work. Okay. Um, and I've tried to jump back into math, um, but it, you know, I haven't quite fallen back in love with it. So every time I'm given the opportunity to sort of understand numbers, understand what it is I'm looking at when I'm talking about uh, statistics and and yeah, measuring success in a product, 
I I would like my understanding to go deeper. Oh, and like why so? What what do you think are the benefits of maths and statistics? So if if you've ever jumped into a, a analytics suite, you know, of anything that measures success in a product, there's so many numbers and so many ways to interpret them. Okay. And there's outliers and, uh, you know, normal curves and deviant curves. Uh, and having a better understanding of that helps the numbers tell their true story. Unfortunately, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of ways to interpret um, stats like this, and it's easy to have them, you know, twisted to whatever narrative you want instead of just telling their true story. So I feel that a better understanding of that area would would be that benefit. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I think my next question is kind of related to this, which will be what would you suggest the younger self to learn to get extra skills? So skill, I mean, hard skills wise, obviously it's expend the time. And so it's that whole don't take shortcuts. Okay. Uh, in terms of words to live by, I think there's a change in mindset that can be much more impactful. And in that sense, um, the first piece of advice I would give to my younger self is be comfortable in discomfort. Okay. Keep push, keep pushing yourself to go to new areas where maybe, maybe you don't know enough, but that's when you have to learn. I Being see. comfortable in discomfort will make you grow. Mm. Okay. And, and in that same sense, in that same direction, don't don't have an ego. Don't be that designer that is 110% certain of their solution and that will not listen to anyone else. Okay. Stay humble in your approach. Listen to others. Learn about what they do and what's important to them and how they might want to affect the process and design the product in that same way. Okay. Let's see. It's a very, very very challenging thing to do especially when you're younger it seems like uh like ego it's highly related to how inexperienced you are most of the times because <laughs> it's sort of inversely proportional <laughs> yeah to what it should be <laughs> yeah yeah it seems like people with less experience are the ones who are the who have the biggest egos so i think it's a very valuable lesson here <clears throat> Uh, so, like, uh, continuing on the on the learning part, what would you encourage your younger self to read? So, I've always read a lot of nonfiction books, not to say only design books, um, but I think two two books that have been important in my life, and I'm, I'm only going to name two because I can name <laughs> way more. Uh, the first is How to Make Friends and Influence People. Okay. By Dale Carnegie wrote that one. And it's just a very good manual of operation of how to deal with people. Okay. Because typically, you know, most designers, in order to get the work out, have to work with other people. And that's the most normal thing ever. And so having having the, that knowledge and understanding people better will make those dynamics uh, easier in the design process. Okay. I see. I see where you go here. Yeah. And then the second, uh, you know, very much a classic, The Design of Everyday Things by Don Norman. Okay. Why, why the second one? It, it's such a seminal design book that started 
you know, if you go to any design school, that's going to be on your reading list. And it was for mine. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh... And yeah, it, it just goes about, I would say it's the, it's the equivalent of the first book, but for, not for how people work, but how, how people work with things. Okay. And even though in this day and age, the things we make are not always physical, I think a lot of the same rules apply. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, on the same light of thought, uh, which people would you encourage your younger self to follow? Would you say Don Norman? <laughs> um, so I would, I would take that question with a grain of salt. Um, so I would recommend not anybody in, you know, in particular, I would say find, find a mentor. That's very important. Um, find someone that you know, you respect and also that you admire for what they've accomplished or how they work. Okay. And proverbially go to war with that person. Find out how they are and what they do through thick and thin. Okay. Yeah, and work work with them and, and ship products. And with that, you know, I want to put out a warning. Don't get out don't get caught up in the glamour of like Twitter famous or gerbil famous designers. Um, design to me is much more a journey than it is a destination. And that's why I think it's so important to find someone to go on that journey with you okay. who can help you grow rather than focus on a target who only, because that's who we are online, right? We only show the best side of ourselves, but really design is not all happiness and smiles and roses. Okay. And so I would, I would advise find that person who you can spend time with and who's it, who is able to, to, Take that time and mentor you, help you grow from that fledging designer to a junior designer to somebody who has a little bit more confidence in working with the team and building products. And, you know, some years later, you will be that same person taking on a mentee. No, I see. So basically, it's find a mentor. Yeah, yeah. I would, that's what I would advise. Okay. And I'm, yeah, it, the mentor can be somebody, can be some, can be somebody with a certain distance from you. They don't, you may not have to work with them if you're a sing, you know, one designer, uh, a one designer team in a very small company. That's a trickier situation. Okay, but I, I think there's so much value in being able to to spend that time in having those those tough conversations with with your mentor and, and learning how things happen and the speed at which they happen and the scale at which they have to happen. I see. That's uh, that seems like a really valuable and like advice, but uh, on the mentor side, like do you have to find example, like uh, I've read like days ago that the relationship mentee and mentor doesn't have to be formal. So sometimes you can get, I, I used to I used to say that I take like Tim Ferriss as my mentor, even though I don't necessarily know Tim Ferriss and he 
and we've we've never met, but because I listened to like a lot of Tim Ferriss podcast or Guy Raz from another podcast that I listen frequently, I took them as my mentors. Would you say that those kind of relationship would work as for designer also? That's an interesting, yeah, very interesting question. I think there's a part of that which can work. And I would go back to what we just talked about, where be careful that this person doesn't only share their successes. Okay. Make sure that they also share their failures and how they have learned from their failures. Okay, I see. That doesn't mean, you know, do go on Twitter and get inspired and do go on Dribble and get inspired. There's nothing wrong with that and it's fun. Um, but there's so much more. Yeah, okay, I see. <clears throat> yeah, like uh, it's a very, very nice warning. Like don't, yeah, I think it's a very important one because we usually get inspired by the successes and the first time we get into a, something that doesn't work, we feel like a failure. But no, people usually don't show their failures too. So, yeah. and alternatively, if you can't find a mentor, find a community. Okay. For me, for me, that community has been the IXDA, the Interaction Design Association. It's a global community. Uh, there's several events throughout the year. There's a Slack where we share questions and advice uh, and stories. And it's incredibly helpful to get those different perspectives and learn from other people who have gone through similar situations that you know you're going through or I'm going through and where we need help oh, definitely that's yeah uh, so which tools would you suggest younger self to learn to become expert in would you say uh, remember you said about uh, analytics like being able to to analyze numbers in a like more cohesive manner would that be the case i mean in that case i would i would say that the tool is is math and statistics okay um so i think tools are to, to me tools are a means to an end okay and they they can be super fun and we can nerd out about them and be excited about new features but i think in the end they don't matter as much as we think they matter Okay. So it, it's important to learn what's behind the tool and what is it that the tool is actually doing for us? What's the theory? What's the research? And what's the history or reasoning behind why this tool exists? And quickly, we'll learn about the limitations of that tool. So I would say, in, instead of learning a specific tool to my younger self, I would say, learn how to learn about tools. Then the tools won't matter anymore. Okay. okay. And at some point, you will be able to build the tools yourself. Nice. If you understand truly what you're doing and you have a goal in mind, that's a design problem. And you're a designer. Good news. Right. You'll be able to design that tool yourself and to, to go where there any, any available tool won't do the job, you'll be able to go ahead and solve that problem and maybe offer that solution to the world as well. Yeah, that's, that's nice. And uh, what would you what you wouldn't tell your younger self? I'm not sure I understand the essence of that question, right? Um, 
Okay, let me try to explain. There are, yeah, there are things in the world that if you knew, you wouldn't do it. But were important for you to do because they taught you very important lessons. Like in your life, in your career, what you wouldn't tell yourself because you knew that you wouldn't do if you knew the outcome. But on the other side, were very important for you. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really uncertain how to answer that question. Okay. I mean, I think it goes back to the mistakes we make. Okay. And maybe I've been lucky and the mistakes I've, I've made so far in my life have been recoverable. Okay. I see. Like, like for me, for me, that will be like, don't try to like. Uh, I I know have an entrepreneur vein, uh, but mm-hmm. if I knew how hard it is to become an entrepreneur, I would never try, like ever. But like trying to become an entrepreneur teach me how to become a better designer because. I'm not impressed by pixels anymore. I know that pixels have mm-hmm. to make sense. Like I have to be, I have to make money, I have to have a purpose, I have to be part of the whole business spectrum. And I will never learn that like from books. I know you can learn that by reading, but sometimes experience teach you better. And uh, yeah, if, if, if someone asked me what I wouldn't tell myself is... Like, uh, don't become an entrepreneur. I will let myself be fooled by how easy it is to become an entrepreneur. So, yeah. Oh, so is the question, well, what I tell myself not to do? Yes. Oh. Oh. What would I tell myself not to do? I mean, I, I in terms of the paths that I've gone down in my life. Yeah. I, I don't have, I don't, yeah, I don't think I have like significant regret. Okay. I had a few, a few bad, I've had a few bad vacations here and there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but you know, we live and learn. I see. I see. So like in talking to your younger self, how much your current professional success would you attribute to hard work and how much would be luck? I would, I would attribute, you know, a fair amount of, of my success to, to luck and privilege. Um, I was born in a country with a strong economy and strong social net and with middle-class parents who knew to send me to school. I'm going to attribute all of that stuff to luck. Okay. And it's, it's not that I didn't work hard. Right. I've I've worked very hard to get where I am now. And I was very lucky to get where I am now. And I think it is a combination of both. So be a 50-50? Sure. Sure. Um, it's interesting that you're using the word luck and not the word talent. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe in talent. I think people are interested in something and spend time and develop skills. And that's what other people perceive as talent. And they don't see the hard work that goes behind it, really. Okay. But in terms of luck, in terms of things I did not choose, I do think I was quite lucky. I see. That, that's fair. Uh, okay, so 
like to close do you have any specific questions for me or there is anything that you expect me to ask and it didn't what do you do with all these people answering questions where does that take you what journey does it take you on okay first of all uh i really enjoy talking to people to new people uh like every every new person i talk to introduce me to a completely new world of ideas and thought process and i'm kind of obsessed with learning new ways of doing things so that's that's personal that is the first one the second is being able to share all this knowledge because i believe that if each of us teach a bit of what we know to the next person we're gonna become a bit better as a as a as a professional first of all and secondly as a, as a person so i think it's a like sharing knowledge process and trying to build a strong network with uh, great designers around the world so yeah it's most mostly about learning and uh, what i'm planning to do like is to compile all the episodes Uh, the idea is to have around 100 episodes uh, and uh, I'm gonna compile them into a book like with the like the best insight that I've collected talking to all the people that I'm talking to and continuing to record more episodes after that and see that's where awesome. that's gonna take me yeah yeah that's a very it's a very uh, lofty ambitious goal and it's great that you 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 do aim to share everything you gain from this back into the world yeah definitely i think uh, it's like uh, i know we we like i usually ask myself what we came to do in this world like it's really hard to answer that question but while i'm looking for the answer like like the most honest answer because i, I haven't yet i'm gonna be sharing what i know and what i've learned yeah so yeah that's what i'm doing this That's great. Well, looking forward to the book. <laughs> yeah, like it's going to be a lot of work because it's going to be really hard to 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 select what to not add to the book because like uh, I think everything people say it's different, it's new, it's a completely and you know what makes things interesting is because of the reality that people are surrounded Like when I talk to someone in Latin America and then when I talk to someone in New Zealand and then someone like from Canada, they can answer the same question like in a completely different way. I'm like, oh, okay. So there is a multiple ways to see the same thing. And not knowing what to add and know what to remove is going to be a really big challenge. I agree. It will be a big challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for doing this. Okay, perfect. Uh, so, Alex, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, see you next time.